Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. This week's episode features Steph Barron. Steph is a yoga teacher, trainer, instructor, and coach, and she's unapologetically herself, and this is what we talk about, why it's so important to be free to be yourself so you can go and live life on your own terms. This week's podcast is sponsored by Lifecycle. Lifecycle are Australia's leading medicinal mushroom growers. They're focused on solving global issues using mushroom biotechnologies. Lifecycle's magic mushroom ranges enable and enhance states of well-being in delicious and convenient drinks. My personal experience with medicinal mushrooms is that in the last four years that I've been taking medicinal mushrooms as a health supplement in my morning tonics, I have not been sick for the last four years. My personal favorites are Shaga, Reishi, Cordyceps and Lion's Mane. A little bit about them. Shaga is great for your immunities. Reishi is great to recover and de-stress. Uh, Lion's Mane is great as a nootropic. And Cordyceps, great for performance. At the moment, the guys at Lifecycle have been, they've been so generous, so kind. They're really supporting the work that the Inspired Evolution is doing and they love the vibe that we're all about. So they're offering the listeners of the Inspired Evolution for Mushy May, for this month of May, 15% off anything that you want to order from Lifecycle. So I'm completely humbled by this generous offer of theirs. So find your way to their website, check out what's on offer. Again, my favorites are Shaga, Reishi, Lion's Mane, and Cordyceps, and get yourself 15% off. 15% off comes with a discount code with the name Amrit, A-M-R-I-T, my first name. Chuck that in there, upgrade your health, look after yourself, and tune into a yummy conversation here with Steph. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and today I'm so excited to bring to you the vibes from Steph Barron. Steph, how are you? Yes! <laughs> that is the best response I've actually ever had. Sorry, how were you? 
I'm good, and I'm very honoured that you invited me to be on this podcast with you. Ah, thank you. Such a treat to have you here. So for those tuning in um, that don't know much about Steph, Steph is a yoga teacher. She lives in... um, well, now, unfortunately, <laughs> for some of us left back here in Melbourne, she lives in a tropical far north Queensland. Um, and basically, she enjoys soaking up the beauty of life and sharing her wonderfully weird vibes of the world every day. And that's uh, pretty much why she's here today, to share her vibes with you. Because uh, if I'm to be honest, weren't you swimming down the street the other day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We had crazy flooding in Cairns, so my street, it was deep, like real deep. So I put my togs and goggles on and I went for a swim. Um, and funnily enough, on the weekend, I was in hospital with like violent gastro. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't related. It was like six days apart, but everyone's like, it's because you swam down the street. <laughs> Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. Uh, <laughs> moments like it's not every day that your street floods so it's pretty exciting I, I absolutely loved it you went live on Facebook and I was like where is this going like she's out just standing around in the rain with her goggles on and then next <laughs> it like cuts and then you're like swim, like actually doing laps <laughs> down the street and I was just I was in yeah I was in a fit it was amazing so thank you, know, you so much for sharing just one that. of those moments I felt like a kid again like I was I think I was really tired that day and then like, oh, you know, I really would like to go swimming in the street. That's kind of crazy. And then it was like, I'm doing it. I'm putting my top on. And then I was out there and I was just like, ah, ah, like so shrill. So <laughs> that's great. So that's something that I've noticed um, just following a journey a little bit is like the importance of like, um, not con- like I was going to say non-conformance, <laughs> but that sounds so corporate. Um, <laughs> but just like cultivating the crazy. Is that a nice way of putting it? Like, yeah, right. It. Because that's something that I definitely adhere to, but I, I love I love your vibe and the way you're sort of always out there to do something different. Tell us more about that. I guess I've always like as a kid, I was kind of like the class like class clown and always up for a laugh. Yeah. Um, never took myself too seriously, and yeah, it's just who I am. Like, there's been so many times in my life where I've been like, All right, I'm just going to contain it and just be a little bit quiet and just like listen to people and maybe not be so loud and crazy. And then I just, it, it was on, and I was reflecting on this today. It's just like full suppression of like your innate light and your being and your joy and your creativity because that's it, right? It's like creative excitement, joy, all of these things. And I had an incident um, earlier this year. I moved in with a girl and she was not like in the happiest of mind spaces and I had just moved in and I was all full of uh, enthusiasm and she actually asked me like can you tone it down like your bubbliness it's just a bit too much and I was like whoa that's like the thing I've always loved about myself and then I got fired like two weeks later from um, a retail job I had because I was what they say they said I was a bit too bubbly and better suited for HR or PR so (sighs) Yeah, I felt like I really like to listen to the universe. And when all this happened, I was like, all right, so I'm very bubbly. I need to turn this down. And anyway, I came full circle and I realized that it was basically just me needing to own my bubbliness and understand that you're never going to, like there's always going to be people with their reflections and you're going to maybe magnify reflections for people. So this was a pivotal point for me. It was like, this is what you have to offer the world. You're an excited person. Mm-hmm. So, do that. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, um, then it came, I did have to look at myself 
and see how it is that I can make people feel comfortable in my, like when I'm in that sort of space as well. Interesting. I really enjoy that because that's like a, it's like a full owning of you're crazy. <laughs> Which and now, now saying crazy this many times actually makes you sound like super crazy. She's super normal. <laughs> it's super fun. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I find that really interesting because I've noticed that sometimes in myself is, uh, it's, uh, when you're like the, the dance, right. Between being yourself and then like being culturally appropriate when, a big part of, I guess you probably know this yourself, like not working the mainstream sort of anything, um, kind of realizing that a lot of society is about you not being yourself. It's dependent on you not being yourself. It's like you're not pretty enough, you're not good enough, makeup, shoes, clothes, like, you know, it's just like consistently you need to be not you. Um, so I really, really respect that that process that you've just gone through and shared. What I've developed into it's like almost like um, rebellion against that because I used to buy into needing to have the best clothes, wearing makeup, um, you know, having things about myself which on a list looked good, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, no, but now I just own it, and it's not. A, yeah, it's a little bit of an act of rebellion, me being me, because that is a lot of people still are doing the conformity and. I just think it's that time when we need more crazies mm. to wake the people up to owning their own awesomeness and not just fitting into a mold, you know. Could I ask you, just from curiosity, um, this is something that I was, I've been thinking about a lot, is there's a lot of people that talk about authenticity. And um, it's something that, touch wood, you know, like I know everybody's got their own thing and I don't want to say that this is not my thing, but I've never really... Um, thought about authenticity too much um just i think because i kind of rely on being crazy enough to just be me like if you're nuts you're kind of you're kind of your own nuts right like no one else is nuts like you um yeah have you like has authenticity been a thing or is it much the same like as to what i described for you as well yeah, a hundred percent. Like, um, I remember a few years ago, I really like I go, I mull over themes in my life, and there was about two years ago when I was like on this theme of authenticity. Right, right. Um, and especially because I love to post on social media, and there were times when I would post something, and then in retrospect, be like, like it just didn't, it felt icky. Something about it felt wrong, and I'd really yeah. have to look within and be like why did I post that? Um, And if it came from an inauthentic place, like a place of insecurity and fear, that's what it was. So I think that that's what had me looking at my authenticity is how I put myself out there on social media. Um, And so now it's kind of like a daily practice because I use social media every day. I love my Instagram. Um, And I just don't post anything unless it's super true to me in the moment and I would not look back in retrospect and be like, oh, that doesn't feel good. I'm going to delete that. Yeah. And even though we're like constantly evolving and then you might get to a point where you look back and go, that's not true for me anymore, but it's still a part of your journey. So totally. if you're looking in authenticity and alignment, you just got no regrets, right? Yeah, that's so awesome. And your your social media is highly engaging. It is super authentic and it's super fun. So I really enjoy <laughs> following you around. It's so good. So, yeah. so um, with your social media and all this creativity, like, where I know that you've got this amazing vibe and then I, I'm, I'm in awe of the fact that you've got the wisdom to then take that and become a yoga teacher to share 
people like energy and that sort of stuff. Tell us the journey of how um, how you became a yoga teacher. Like, was it always something that? Um, oh, now I'm like pre-programming your answer. Apologies, <laughs> but was it always something that you were going to do? Like something not mainstream, or was there university in the picture or something? And you were just like, no, not doing that. Like, what's going on there? Well, okay. So in high school, I was a party animal. I had to try and do everything and just, yeah, just learn lessons the hard way. Um, So I didn't, I did go to university and I think I went from like creative writing to arts, to psychology, to health sciences. I just didn't know what I wanted to do, but Uh academia was not my thing. Um, And then essentially what happened was I kind of started to calm down and I became like a reformed party girl and started getting really into my fitness. And it was through that that um, I became a personal trainer. So yeah. after a few years of that, I'm um, lifting all these weights, had like, you know, big guns and whatnot. And I ended up giving myself a hernia. Like I was just like just lifting too heavy. Oh, so I no. had surgery and it was in this moment when I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you lifting that? Like, why? Who needs to lift 100 kilos or, you know, it just... It Don't was ask. <laughs> Don't was ask these questions. Ego thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So I started practicing yoga like one-on-one um, to rehabilitate from my hernia repair the surgery. Injury. Yep. And then it just so happened, and this is how I'm in cams, right? So... My mentor, the lady who was teaching me yoga, then became my mentor, um, and her teacher was in Cairns. So when it came for me to do my teacher training, of course I went to Cairns, fell in love, and now I'm here. Um, But yeah, it was like, for me, it was just like a journey of self-love. I went from self-hate, you know, Uh abusing my body, um, and really masking my problems, to then going to yoga which was all about being introspective and just being with your shit. And um, that's how that evolved. So it wasn't what I expected ever. Yeah, interesting. Something you touched on there really was like a red flag for me because I just resonated with um, the story of the gym and then that story from self-hate to self-love. Um, and just reflecting on something for me personally was, you know, I'm sure it's not like this for everyone else, but, um, perhaps it is for some that I think it's worth us sort of sharing. This is, uh, the gym can be a bit insidious. Like I remember that the first day I walked into the gym was kind of the most happy I was with my body, (laughs) you know, cause after that it's like, like every bloke is someone's bigger than me someone's bigger than me and there's all these posters on the wall with protein powders get massive get bigger you know and it's just like oh my god get to get you know it's like this consistent perpetual drive of like i'm not enough i don't love myself you know totally Totally. i mean i remember i was going to do a photo shoot and i think at the time i was popping i had abs but at the time i was like no i just i can't like i'm not not perfect um and now it's like this different thing where I'm age. I'm, I mean, not aging terribly, but I'm <laughs> and I'm kind of like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, but my headspace is so different. I don't care to change it. It's like, no, you're just gonna rock that. Yeah, super awesome, super awesome that journey that you've explained. And yeah, so tell us more about um, what yoga is to you. For me, mm. yoga has been like the most humbling journey. 
I I guess I came to yoga in a really fit, strong body and somehow was quite flexible. Yeah. So I just picked it up easily and before long was kind of doing fancy looking party tricks. That's awesome. Um, so I think at the start there was a lot of ego still. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I had this, I got this hip injury and I've had it almost since the start of my yoga journey, which is a, it's a nuisance, but it also forces me to like completely regress and practice basic stuff, practice what serves me. Not when I, like if I go to a class or somebody else, it, that might be that good for their body, but I really have to step on the mat and just do what my body's asking for. So yoga, and I always say this when I teach, it's like um, it kind of shines a light on your body. So as you practice and you're feeling into different spaces, twisting, bending, forward bends, all the different movements, you're basically like experiencing different sensations and like raising awareness, bringing more light, like shining a, a torch on mm. all the parts of your body that might have been dark since childhood. Um, and it creates space and freedom in the body. So for me, it's, yeah, it's just been this really introspective journey. Um, and then, of course, it stills the mind, which for me is a big thing. <laughs> So that stillness, um, it's got that meditative quality to it, right? Yeah, it's like a moving meditation, um, which it's it's hard because I sometimes just step on the mat and admittedly I'm just like, I'm just going to do handstands and gymnastics basically. But for me to just be on the mat and just take some deep breaths, you know, work with my yogic full breath or ujjayi breath, even if it's just five deep breaths, that's like enough to ground me for the mm. day. Um, yeah, and it's that. It's those, like, precious moments where I'm connected to my breath. Those are really special, no? Like, I've noticed, um, like, even when I was, when I was, like, even now at work, if it's, if it's really intense, I'll notice that I'm, like, I've been holding my breath almost for a while, like, or I'm, like, really shallow, um, when I'm stressed, and it's like, okay, if you take a few moments just to take a few really deep breaths, like just consciously deep breaths. It just grounds you straight away. It's such an amazing. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think it's important to add to this that like a huge part of it for me is the mindfulness. Um, yeah. Because way back I was, when I, when I was a personal trainer, I was like horrible insomniac, running on adrenaline. Um, and actually that's why I started yoga. My boss at the time was like, Steph, you need to start yoga. So he put me in touch with um, Adrian who then mentored me. Um, and then all of this led to me doing like a seven month mindfulness course. Oh, awesome. And then, yeah, it was, I always say it was one of the most transformative things that I've ever done. And then last year, actually in April, um, I did Vipassana and it was yeah. eventually learned in the meditation course, but in a spiritual, oh, just in a different context, like, you know, work differently, practiced differently. Um, so in my journey, I feel like yoga, Vipassana, mindfulness, it's all just like melded together and it's, this, that's, it's a healing thing for me, which I love to pass on to my students. Ah, can you tell us more about Vipassana? Because you're the, I think, the third or the fourth person that's been on the podcast. I've never been. I'm super intrigued. I'm like waiting to go. <laughs> Um, yeah. And before my excuse used to be that I don't have 10 days in my busy schedule and that Vipassana was already working its magic, like just by shedding a light on the fact that you don't have 10 days for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but now I do have the time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, should, 
I'm definitely curious, but can you tell us a bit about your Vipassana journey? Well, it's funny you should say that because I was miserable. And I think that at the time I was like, oh, 10 days, what a holiday. Like, um, <laughs> this was just before I packed up my life and moved to camp. So I was really miserable and needed. I was just like seeking for change and seeking for respite. Um, I was working and, you know, yeah, it was for me just like kind of a holiday. But not. But then when I got there, it wasn't a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was interesting. It was like I was suffering quite badly with my physical health. I had a lot of gastrointestinal stuff going on, a lot of gut dysbiosis, which was manifesting in all sorts of different ways in my body. So when I did the Vipassana, everything was just completely inflamed and like full on. So I had to sit for 10 days, oftentimes in a lot of pain, um, and just be with it. And it was like these, these physical issues, which had been plaguing me for about, I think 18 months before. Um, and I had to be with it. Like normally, you know, in my day to day life, I was distracted and did what I did to run from it. So it was particularly challenging for me, but on the flip side of that, the, the pros of meditating for it. I think it's like up to 10 hours a day from 4.30 in the morning to like 9 p.m. at night. Um, yeah, it really gave me a lot more clarity and a lot more peace, equanimity, as Goenka would say, um, and a lot of like just practical wisdom that I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it was like, you know, we, we, we're in such a busy climate like everything's go 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 even though I moved up to Cairns and it's a bit more chilled here like everything's still pretty fast-paced so when you're doing Vipassana you don't have um your phone you can't write you can't read you can't even snack you can't do anything so it took a few days to kind of acclimatize to like doing nothing and then when I did it was like oh this is the pace of nature this is like this is really awesome and I'd just like go and nap three times a day and just switch off like that. Like normally I just can't switch off. So I think I learned something in that as well. That's amazing. How was, um, did anything around your insomnia sort of shift while you were say, like slowing down or not really? Yeah, huge. I, what I realized was when you're in meditation and you are economist, so you're not like all in the mind. Yeah. That takes mental energy, and so if you um, if you're a bit neurotic, uh-huh. you might be frazzled and you might feel quite drained a lot of the time, even if you sleep. So I I kind of learned in that experience that rest is a lot more than just closing your eyes at night and ticking off seven or eight hours. It's also how much you can rest the mind, and yeah, like just be in a different vibration. Basic. Um, so I felt like it, you know, the Vipassana experience attuned me to a different vibration. And I, I did ask the teacher about this. I said, I just want to know why, like, you know, I'm up at 4.30 and I feel like I'm only sleeping five hours a night, but my eyes have never been whiter and I feel amazing. Like, what is this? And that was pretty much what she told me. She said, you know, you, you, your mind is settled. So that's regenerative. Yeah, I, uh, as you're sharing this, I'm getting flashbacks to um, this trip that I went to in Brazil and I um, 
my best mate lives there and he lives on this amazing farm on the edge of this nature reserve, which is like a national nature reserve. It's ridiculous. And he'd wake me up every morning before dawn and we'd go like hunt waterfalls or we'd go horseback riding. We were like out doing stuff all day. We'd come back really late at like 10, eat then and then like go to bed at midnight and we'd back up at the crock of dawn again. It's like four or five hours of sleep a night. And... I, I was reflecting on this, like the body goes through a lot. Like I'm actually like rock climbing and all this sort of stuff. Um, but I was like even more energized than I've ever been before, even though I was like getting less sleep. Yeah. And as I started like falling into that rhythm of things, I was like, oh, holy shit. I'm like recharging while I'm out doing things in nature because they're all like it's like you said, like tuning to a different frequency, right? Like it's yeah, yeah picking up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. There's, um, there's these teachings from Bashar and also Abraham Hicks. Do you, do you know these? Channels? I know Abraham Hicks and I've, uh, I've heard of Bashar. I've never really tuned into Bashar though. They, they have the told, yeah. but just different language. So it resonates uh-huh. with different people. But um, what they both basically say is like, follow your excitement. Just follow your joy. That's that's it. That's all you got to do. If something feels, <laughs> I just love do that. that. If it doesn't feel good, that's like your soul going, nah, not great. Um, and when you follow your excitement, when you follow your bliss, that's life giving. And so I think that what we both experienced was that we were in, we we're feeling good, and so that you know was like regenerative somehow. But there's so much to it that we'll never probably understand. But you're learning through your experiences. Mm. So, like, follow your bliss sounds, follow your joy sounds really, um, really inspirational. I absolutely, I love that. Um, but then there's obviously, you've got to meter that in, right, with some of your, like, I'm going to have stuff that I've got to do that's not fun. Or is it consistently, like, when we're tuning into, like, say, Abraham Hicks, it's about, no, like, if it's not calibrated to your joy, it's not in your highest service. Well, yeah, I see what you're saying. So I have like a retail job, um, which I, it's, it's great, but I, but also I'd rather be not there when I'm there. <laughs> but yeah. so, and I remember really contemplating this and thinking, no, to just quit and be a bum, that's certainly not the answer. Like that's not serving me. That's not going to help me to evolve. Um, so it's all about finding joy moment to moment. Like can you have an interaction with a person and focus on the joy can you appreciate something beautiful or, you know, whatever it is or like the company of your colleagues or, yeah, just, it's, it's like shifting your perception. So definitely there's instances where something just doesn't serve you and, you know, you'll know about it. Your intuition will tell you that. And then there's other instances where maybe you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I love that. And I really appreciate what you did there because when I was talking about joy, I was still pushing it into the future somewhere following something out there and you're yeah. back to being present. So that was awesome. Thank you. Um, so with your, like when you're sharing yoga with your, um, with your students, what, like, what's the essence of, um, I guess what you're hoping will be their key takeaway? I think being your own guru. I mean, like I said earlier, you can go to a class and the teacher will teach something that resonates with them and they no doubt have the best of intention in sharing it with their students, but it's not going to be for every student. Um, 
And so I'm always reinforcing to my students, like, this is your practice. I'm teaching this, but modify if you need to, take it easy, go harder, whatever. Um, but then I also do talk a lot about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So weaving in like my the Vipassana wisdom, the mindfulness knowledge. Uh, and then I think that the third kind of main thing for me is having a laugh and making it fun. Like I'm always taking the fifth. I don't I can't do lefts and rights and I'm a yogi. <laughs> There'll always be a few um, eruptions of laughter in each class and I love it. Oh, we can't awesome. be too serious in life. Yeah. So where do you think um, where do you think that comes from the uh, like just the joy and the laughter in your life like what was the like obviously I feel like that's something that you've cultivated but what was the um, the impetus? Hmm. You know, I like I grew up in a family with four kids and I just remember the kids laughing so much like you know that when your belly aches and it's like you've just done a million sit ups. <laughs> yeah. And I think my brother Lee is like the funniest person ever. And I probably actually have picked up a lot of, yeah, his lightness and his joy. Because uh -huh. um, he's like the epitome of these things, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, I think it's also just innate to me. Like as for as long as I can remember, I've just been like a giggly, kind of really excited, bubbly person. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great way to be. <laughs> yeah. You also – um. I know that um, we've touched on mindfulness and there's, there's a lot to unpack in and around there, but something that um, I know that you're quite um, uh, passionate about is also value systems and like people have it like or having strong values and aligning yourself to your values. So I sort of want to just hold some space for that conversation to be had, I guess. Yeah, I think that just knowing, like just sitting down and going, what are my values? Um, it's huge. Like when I did my mindfulness course, we did a lot of exercises. One of them, I think one of the first things we did, we just had to write down like what do we value in life. Mm. Um, people value different things. And people sometimes, like I used to value my looks. I used to value um, money. and I, Like things which didn't really, uh, they weren't congruent with maybe how I was like living my life. Um, or... or Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Or how I actually wanted my life to be in terms of how I wanted to feel. So, yeah, I think that, like, doing things like journaling and goal setting, just sitting down and actually getting clear on what your values are, it can be 
huge, like so transformative. Um, and because it, it sort of like sets an intention for you so you can go about your day and be reminded of your values. So my values for the last few years, I mean, they're always kind of changing a little bit. Yeah. But time freedom, mm-hmm. sunshine, like just being amongst nature, um, being, you know, in just basically enjoying myself and choosing things that feel good for me. Uh-huh. Um, and being, yeah, it's like being as close to nature with lots of time for peace and quiet. So I think my, like, something, I think my Facebook bio is, like, I enjoy the simple things in life. And I don't really aspire to, like, have millions and have, like, really flashy anything. I mean, that maybe one day that will manifest, who knows, and I wouldn't say no to the abundance. But, yeah, it's like my values are just, I realized I need to tone them down and I'm happy because, mm. you know, I'm aware of what serves me. Yeah, what is in actual service to you? Yeah. So time freedom, like, in, like, can you, I was going to ask you, can you share maybe your top three values? So I've got time freedom. <laughs> I guess actually one that I didn't mention is creativity. So uh, I need awesome. the space in my life to be creative. And oh, it's interesting because like I've never been able to work a full-time job and I used to judge myself for it because I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm such a weak thing. But what would happen is I'd be there for a month, cool, settling in. Second month, just starting to feel my energy starting to drain, no time for the – I just didn't have the energy for the exciting things in life. Yeah. And I think that my happiness would always dwindle because I was not putting the time towards things that inspire me. So now I've been able to create a life where I have a lot of time to write, practice yoga, brainstorm workshops, um, with you know, collaborating with other yoga teachers. Just I've been working on my business plan and looking to expand into a couple of other towns around camp. All these things, and it's like you're doing it, and you get so lost in the time, and it's work, but it's not work because it doesn't, you know, you know what I mean? It's like so enjoyable. Um, so creativity is a huge one for me. When I don't have the space for creativity, I am not, I'm not my happiest. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is, um, it's one of the most potent messages that uh, I'm like trying to advocate as hard as I possibly can. Is yeah. that uh, creativity is vitality? I agree. And as Why soon not? as as soon as the vitality slips, um, it's probably because you're not being creative. Yeah. And vitality is like the key barometer, um, because the message from that I'm continually trying to put out there. And thank you so much for sharing it is um, that health and purpose are actually one and the same. Exactly mm-hmm. what you just said. You know, if you're not on purpose, the first month you might make it through the job, the second month it might start to slip, and then by the third month you pretty much want to neck yourself because you're not on purpose, and so there's no health. Um, and the example I like to give, which I think you might actually like this example because it involves Beyonce. <laughs> um, but there's a story, like Beyonce goes three days and three nights without eating, and without sleeping, filming videos back to back to back to back to back. And um, I find that absolutely amazing because the question that comes to me is, where does the energy come from? And because I'm aware that if I went up to her and said, Beyonce, here's a shovel, (laughs) go dig a hole for the next three hours, she'd look at me, maybe if she started, she'd probably quit in about 30 30 minutes, right? Um, That's my presumption. 
Mm. Not judging Beyonce too hard. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like she wouldn't be able to do that for three days straight, no food, no sleep. Yeah. So how come she's got all this energy to dance? Like her energy, like her videos, high energy videos, dancing, singing, three days straight. And to me, that was like a clear example of when you're on purpose, energy arrives because you're doing, you're being creative and the universe is fundamentally creative and it's supporting you doing what you're meant to be doing. And hence, when you're on the right path, you're supported by your health. That's when you know you're on track. I mean, there's so many times when I'm tired and I have to teach a class that night and it's like, oh my Lord, where am I going to, where am I going to get this energy from? I don't even know why I ask the question anymore because I know. And I'll rock up and as soon as I start teaching, it's like, you know, you're in the flow and I don't know, I don't know how to say this without it sounding a bit like, oh, not not full of myself in any way, but like something, you, you channel something, you channel like a higher energy, like a totally. something just so magical and I'll get through the class and I'll finish the class and all of a sudden it's like I just feel born again. It's amazing. Um, yeah, and it's the most insanely connected time. So when I'm teaching, practicing, it's just when I actually feel the most connected to whatever the source energy is. It's not draining me and it actually feeds me. It's a, it's amazing. I'm so grateful to hear you share that. For me, it's, it's this podcast. <laughs> so like after this interview, like I'll do push-ups because <laughs> it's just like, it's just. I'll do a couple of handsets. <laughs> yeah, like it definitely like, and you can actually use that as a really awesome, awesome test and uh, almost like a, you know, like the kinesiology test, you know how they like, anyway, whatever, different yeah. rabbit hole. Um, but um yeah, like if there's heaps of energy before and after when you're doing what you're, what you've just done, and then you're like, oh my god, where did that? Why do I feel so buzzed and so electrified? It's almost like the end. Like you said, it's a bit weird, but you're not fully yourself. I believe in that. It's like the energy is arriving from the universe somehow, some way. We don't know it yet, but maybe the quantum physics or something will describe. <laughs> So tell me more about this mindfulness course because I'm super intrigued. Um, why, like, why, why were you drawn to mindfulness? Is what I really want to know. Um, well, yeah. Well, um, because I was such an awful insomniac, I went to the doctor and it was like, take these pills, do mindfulness, um, uh-huh. and it was like no brainer for me. So I went and did the mindfulness therapy, and I think I put my hand up in class like on the first day. It was like a group setting, and I was like. Like, how long will this take to fix my insomnia? <laughs> I think Susanna, the therapist, was like, not a quick fix. So I did it for seven months. Like, I went every Tuesday, three hours um, each session and just worked through my stuff. Like, really worked through my stuff. You know, the things that you, like, at the time I was so self-loathing, self-loathing and I didn't even connect. It was like, my life is miserable, but I'm so attached to, you know, these like petty things um, that they were governing my life. So I had to basically like unpack all of that and then reprogram my mind a little bit to be um, less judgmental. Like it's about removing judgment, just having your experience and then, yeah, going from there. So it's like really centering. But I... I guess I, I really appreciate it now because I've done it and it's like in me, like that's never leaving my, my, my mind. Um, and I can always come back to it because I'm far from perfect and I still get really caught up in things sometimes. 
but now I've got like, you know, a little tool belt with all my little, you know, things in it and I can whip that one out and it always remedies me and I don't need to get in a rut anymore. Yeah, awesome, because that was going to be the question I asked, because you seem to be quite fluid and, like I said, really, whenever I tune into, like, what's going on, there's always, like, this massive celebratory vibe, like, life's good. <laughs> um, but I was going to ask, like, what, what does Steph do when life sort of, you know, throws you a curveball? Like, what comes up and what goes on then? Like, what is your sort of, obviously, be quite relative to each situation, but is it like a walk in nature that comes to mind or is it sitting down to practice meditation? What, what's your thing? I was going to say that nature, we've got the best, the best, the best, the best um, places all around us in Cairns. So I can just go three Ks that way and I'm at the uh, botanical garden, um, you know, do the, there's like these red arrow, yellow arrow, green arrow walking tracks and it's just like you're in the rainforest. Oh, Literally, awesome. all, I need is, all I need is to connect me is just go to the botanical gardens. Um, or I listen to inspiring podcasts yeah. or like there's a YouTuber who I admittedly am like have been devouring lately. Her name is uh, Ali, oh, Aliyah, the perception trainer. Uh-huh. And um, oh, she just, she just always brings me back to truth. Awesome. Um but, you know, sometimes I'll also just go and eat some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Never fails. Still trying to really strike that balance. Like it's always like this act of balance in life, trying to, trying to ride the waves and mm. not have it be like crazy choppy, you know. Yeah, talking about crazy choppy, um, is that kind of what drew you to Cairns away from Melbourne? Like yeah. it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The energy, I remember when I came up to do yoga teacher training and people were serving me in cafes and they were just like so happy and really slow. Got <laughs> me through this. Like it's just people are different here. They just kind of seem much more relaxed. And in Melbourne, um, so like what I was saying before, I don't aspire to be like a big shot. Um, and in Melbourne, I just I felt pressure. There was just so much happening and it, it really unnerved me, um, and I never felt – I mean, and this was my thing, but I just didn't feel like I was adequate. So I also do not deal with the cold. So I moved to yeah. Cairns where I knew it was like a slower pace of life, <laughs> tropical, always warm, um, and I was on the money. Like I've been really happy and I, just at home. I just feel here like this is it. This is my place. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because you'd think there'd be so much more opportunity in Melbourne. But here I am in Cairns and um, doing better than I could have ever hoped for with my business and just, yeah, everything that's unfolding. So um, Melbourne uh-huh. for me was a bit rough. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it served me for a long time. But the last couple of years, I was really like, there was a big call for me to leave. So Cairns is definitely in your flow. Yeah. It is. It is. I had a little tiny frog jump on my belly today. Oh, like, what? <laughs> it was like that big. <gasps> I love um. I love frog hands. They're like the weirdest <laughs> little things. They're like these little circle pads at the end of them. Yeah. Oh man, they're adorable. <laughs> so, was the move up to Cairns easy? Um, like, is your family here or are you, like, what's... what's... No, everyone's in Melbourne. Yeah, um, exactly. But 
I love everyone, but I have to say I don't miss Melbourne. and I haven't missed it. Uh -huh. um, the move was, there was like probably about three months there where I was just like high, like high on life. Like yeah. so happy. My I was so in alignment, like, yes, this is it. I'm, in, I'm home. Um, but then there were a few bumps in the road, like when I got fired from my job because I was a little bit too excited apparently. Too fun. <laughs> Just basically, I just didn't fit the team. So yeah. it, whatever, it was a mismatch. But um, I took that so to heart. And then when my housemate was kind of also struggling with my energy, like, oh, my God. Um, so I had like a real identity crisis for a bit there. But anyway, came full circle. And now I'm feeling really grounded and super motivated for setting, just getting grounded here, setting up my life and making connections every day. And so now that that is home, do you have like any um, like any habits or rituals throughout the week or throughout the day that support your wellness? Totally. So every week, um, Rusty's Market, and I do think it's probably like the best market in the world. It just has. I'm so fruit obsessed. Like tropical fruit is my jam. <laughs> You're so spoiled. So, yeah, it's oh, it's so good. It's so, a tough conversation to have. <laughs> Oh God, fruit. We're going to have a whole other podcast about the fruit. <laughs> I, yeah, like... I do the weekend Rusty's Hole and then there'll usually be um, a visit to the Red Arrow, the Botanic Gardens, ideally yep. two or three times a week, but some weeks not as many. Uh, and then I guess in my home right now, my two housemates, are they're full-time workers. So I really love to potter around and make kombucha, lie in my uh... garden, observe the grass. Watch the butterflies. Um, yeah. Nice. And also my teaching schedule. So that's routine for me. Yeah. I, um, I'm definitely jealous about the fruit <laughs> because uh, I've got this saying that I'm coming back next life reincarnated as a mango. So. I will eat you. <laughs> and by all means. It's so that I can bring as much joy as I possibly can to people. Like mangoes just make everybody happy. Mangoes make everything better. I agree. I agree. I mean, like, I sometimes, so many times, like, daily, have to almost pinch myself and be like, you're eating, like, a dragon fruit. Like, remember, you couldn't do this, like, a year ago? And it's just, I just get so excited. <laughs> so great. So what's your favorite fruit? That's a very hard question. I know. That's why I asked it. <laughs> At the moment, it changes. So right now I'm really digging watermelon and dragon fruit. Yeah. Um, sometimes it changes to like I'll be really super into citrus or – but, yeah, no, don't go down this rabbit hole with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watermelons are amazing, right? Like watermelons actually uh, taught me how to fast. Um, yeah. They were like I would just skip dinner and just eat pretty much half or whole of a watermelon. And it was this weird thing that I got into, but I absolutely loved it. And that taught me that, okay, that was just sugar and water. And then I'd come home and just work my way into, like, fasting for dinner. And eventually I started learning to, like, how to intermittent fast properly. But watermelons are an absolute gift. Yeah. I mean, I'm really – I go on and off sort of the raw food bandwagon. Uh -huh. um, but, yeah, no, sometimes – some, the cells in my body are just so receptive to raw food, and it's it's a really a it's a really connected thing for me. Like my relationship with food, and in particular 
moving away from dense food always serves me. Um, it does something to me in a spiritual sense where it really like, because you're not so heavy and dense, you're more connected, you're more aware. Um, anyway, so I'm like going through this real raw food phase again at the moment and I'm loving it. Awesome. Mm. Um, so I want to ask you, um, cooking seems to be like a bit of a thing in your life as well, which you're not really talking much about. Yeah. I agree. Well, you cut out there. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, can now. Oh, awesome. Apologies, listeners. Internet playing up. Um, yeah, I said uh, cooking seems to be a bit of a thing in your life, which we're not really talking about. So I want, I'd love to sort of, what's cooking to you? Because it seems like you've got this ritual around going to make sure you get a whole bunch of great nutrition. Um, seems like you're quite conscious about what you're putting down the hatchet. Totally. Um, a part of being mindful and practicing yoga is just listening to how body feel, uh, food feels in your body. Uh-huh. So like I was just saying right now, the cells in my body are really receptive to watermelon, like really loving that. Yep. There'll be other times when I just need to make a big pot of dal. Mm. Or, um, and I do love cooking. I really, really, it's such a nice process for me. And a lot of people can obviously relate to that. There's something just so wholesome and grounding about making beautiful, nourishing food. Um, there was actually a time a few years ago where I was living in this house without a kitchen, which sounds so weird. That does sound um, weird. <laughs> yeah. And it was another time when I was just really receptive to raw food, so it was fine. But I do remember, like, going to mum and dad's house and just, like, taking over the kitchen and, yeah, you know, spending hours in there making some sort of killer feast. But there's just joy in food and joy in healthy food. You know, as you become more mindful and as you kind of detox your mind and your body you just don't want the other stuff your body it rejects junk stuff yeah awesome um i want to ask you a question specifically around relationships um uh, because you've managed to you've managed to like not you managed to leave melbourne melbourne's this amazing thing but you managed to leave melbourne and set yourself up in um in cairns quite like rapidly i found um did you have, like, do you think your personality is kind of the, the key ticket, like just being, like, following your joy and being upbeat? Or did you already know people, um, like, the whole, yeah, relationships? Yeah. yeah, you're asking questions that I've been pondering on recently. So it's funny, I was just thinking about this before. Like, when I came to Cairns, like I said, I was, like, in this um, really bubbly, high-energy, happy place. And I was, a, I was a go-getter. Like, I had to do things. I had to get my life organized. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like, you know, I just didn't have a choice. Um, so I had the yoga school where I knew some people from my yoga teacher training. Um, I guess that was it. And then I met my housemates. And uh-huh. then they became really good friends. And then I started working at various different places. And it's kind of just met people at the markets. Like, I, I can't go to Rusty's without having a 10-minute chat with, like, five Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I think I was just in my in my life very open, very receptive, and mm. it was a natural, like, effect of uprooting and then moving to a new city. And I was reflecting on it today because I've just had this really chilled-out day where I didn't exactly, like, do a lot, and I thought to myself, Maybe you should do more stuff. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you know, 
reap the, you'll yield more from that. And I thought, what's happened? What's changed for me? Why am I more complacent today? And I realized I'm not desperate. I don't, I'm not, it's not a fight flight um, situation anymore. So I'm pretty comfortable. Um, but it was also a time for me where I was thinking, maybe you should channel Steph of five months ago and just get a little bit more like, you know, get out there. <laughs> Ring, ring, Melbourne calling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. I'll stop pushing that thing. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm really, um, yeah, absolutely. That was that was really cool. So I, um, I will start wrapping it up just because I know you've got um, heaps of awesome things waiting for you in Cairns and the sunshine and all that sort of stuff while we're here in Melbourne. Today's actually a nice day, so we're kind of grateful for that. Um, if you had one book that you had to recommend, is there a book that's sort of been exemplar on your journey? Ooh. Favourite book. Okay. Easy okay. question. Favourite book. <laughs> okay, this is like not a like a – Okay, there's a few books. The one of them is Your Body is the Barometer of Your Soul by Brian ah. Kind of like um, you can heal your body like Louise L. Hay type thing. But I love that metaphysical stuff. And the reason I'm suggesting this book is because it's the one book that I whip out like weekly or, or, or sometimes daily. Like something will happen to me. I'll have like a physical manifestation that's like, okay, what does this mean? And then you – it. It encourages you to look at the the problem from a spiritual, emotional perspective. Right, right, and right. I lent it to a friend a few weeks ago, and it's been about three times since I lent it. Where I'm like, oh, where's that book? Ah, uh, don't have it. Yeah, um, right. But then I would say, can I have two? Okay, just because it's you. <laughs> I think that another big one for me was um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, and also oh. a new. Awakening. Yes, amazing. So that was for me really at the like beginning of my spiritual journey, and I just read that book and I got it. Um, I think that's a big starting book for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say that that book totally did something to me as well. That was a um, yeah, and, am- and amongst all the chaos, um, that was definitely a book. I think I've listened to it the audio many, 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 many times. Another um, one that you can just keep reaching for, you know. Yeah. One of the, like I was referring to it just uh, actually in another podcast today, and he was, um, it's just, oh, I love the wisdom that came from it too. Like, one thing that really helps me with that book is um, oftentimes we, you know, with the mindfulness and stuff, you become aware of certain things, and then there's this impetus to want to change. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but Eckhart Tolle said, I don't need to change because it's purely the awareness is already creating the shift. And that took so much pressure off like, oh, okay, I'll become aware of something and then I have to like create a physical change around it. And it's like, no, just being aware is good enough because eventually you're like, if you know the pot's hot, you're not going to keep picking it up with your fingers. You I know? love that. And I actually don't even remember that part of the book. So now I feel, yeah. You're going to read it again. No worries. Um, so, okay. Um, if you had the opportunity, which one day will make it manifest, um, to put a billboard in Times Square, New York, so Times Square, New York, dense energy, all these cars and all these people, all these amazing billboards going up, um, what would your billboard say? 
I think it would. <laughs> oh, the first thing that came to mind is weird. All right, we're going to go with it. Yeah. It was me with nipple tassels on being like a turtle. Doing yoga. Being the turtle. I don't know. I'd be doing like a random asana with a crazy face. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. That's a that's a good billboard. That's a great billboard. <laughs> embrace your em- yeah, totally. I love it. Embrace <laughs> the wacky. Embrace the weird. Be yourself. So much in that picture paints a thousand words. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, um, so my last question, and by no means my least question, um, it's my favorite question to ask is, okay, so are you ready? Are you sitting down? You're sitting down. This is good. I'm sitting down. <laughs> um, who are you um, beyond your identity, beyond your skin suit, beyond your work, beyond Steph? It's metaphysical. So who are you? I am a bowl of energy which is always changing and in flux, but generally I'm heading towards joy, heading towards the good feeling things in life. I think that um, I'm a good person and, you know, I think I need to always remember this and, like, be on my path and just follow the joy. (laughs) Yo, I love that. I love that. Love crazy energy. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And um, yes, yeah, Steph, I uh, I'm really grateful for you making the time to to share yourself with us today and share your wisdom and to share your vibes. I um I think it's oh, infectious. I, I feel so grateful. Like the people you've had on this podcast, like they're amazing. <laughs> and so are you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for yeah thank you for being you and um and just you know consistently inspiring us to stay happy stay motivated stay you know like follow the joy it totally like you embody that really really well and thank you so much for for sharing that you know um in all of the ways that you do your social media i'm aware your yoga class and you know consistently taking that further and further and just uh, and just like that wisdom of just staying tuned to yourself and like allowing yourself to do what's best for you. Um, awesome to receive that. So thank you so much for the potent messages in that. Um, I do like to say life is a journey, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's just an eternal now because we both read Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Life, it just is or something. But I wish you all the best <laughs> nonetheless <laughs> without all the semantics. Um so I just want to finally just uh, make it available to people perhaps if – is there a way that they can get in touch with you if they want to um, reach out, hear more, learn more? Yes. I, uh, I'm most active on Instagram. So my account is wellness with Steph. Uh-huh. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, I, I suspect that there will be more, more um, platforms in the future to come, maybe some YouTube and stuff, but – for now, wellness is death. Grab it on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Such a blessing. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Such a treat to be here with you. Thank you for your attention. Much love. You! Hey, tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment 
It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandhu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.